Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Ad News Pubcast, the podcast that celebrates the industry's penchant for a sociable drop and a chat. Welcome to the Ad News Podcast, recorded at Nova and sponsored by The Trade Desk. I'm Ad News journalist Lindsay Bennett, and today I'm joined by InStyle editor Emily Taylor from Pacific Magazines, Delicious editor-in-chief Kerry McCallum from News Corp, and Real Life Magazine's editor-in-chief Paul Merrill from Bauer to talk about all things magazine publishing. Um, I thought it'd be a good way to start off, guys, by getting um, the backstory to how you got into magazines. Paul, did you want to start for us? Well, I started off in Real Life Magazines in the UK. Uh, I did a magazine quite similar to the one I'm doing now, actually, called Chat. And then I was asked to launch the UK's, one of the UK's first men's weekly magazines about 12 years ago called Zoo. And having done that for 18 months, I then was brought over to launch it here uh, with two young kids and a pregnant wife and told it was just going to be 18 months. And now it's 12 years later. <laughs> I did Zoo for about five years, then went freelance for a time, wrote a couple of books, then realised I couldn't make a living writing books. And uh, <laughs> I've been back at Bauer for about four, five years now. Mm, long time. Yeah, well, it's good fun. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Emily? I started in publishing, gosh, I think back in about 2002. But even before that, my, my university job was writing for one of the first entertainment websites in Australia. And it's very different now, I assure you. Um, <laughs> but I started um, at ACP when it was ACP um, as an assistant to a publisher. So it wasn't quite the Dev Wears Prada, but I certainly got a good grounding. <laughs> Um, I actually worked for the amazing Lynette Phillips, who taught me so much and, you know, is obviously such a big figure in media today. I then moved on to Dolly Magazine, where I started as beauty editor, which was such an amazing job for uh, for a young woman to have at that time, Dolly being such an integral part of all our growing up, I think. And and then I just moved through. So I moved on to Marie Claire after that, again in beauty, moved into fashion there and then to associate editor. I went freelance for a few years, moved to London, worked in the content space in London in retail and fashion retail with brands like Marks & Spencer and Netta Porte, Don Lewis. And then about two and a half years ago, I was offered the editor role of InStyle. So I moved back from London and um, and I've been, been there ever since. Yeah, wow. Really climbed the ladder there. <laughs> and what about you, Kerry? Well, I started um, in Brisbane, actually. I did I studied arts journalism at the University of Queensland and, you know, there was no jobs. You know, they're pretty much the career mail. And I was freelancing for them and I was desperately trying to get a job. Um, 
and a friend suggested trying a smaller, sort of less popular publishing house in Sydney. So I got my first job down in Sydney, it's like 20 years ago now, on a craft magazine. And, you know, obviously it wasn't my ultimate job, but I was so thrilled to be working in magazines and, and working down here. But then I think about a year and a half into that, I got offered a, a role as a junior sub-editor on L you know, back in its previous incarnation. And for me, sort of everything started from there. That was, you know, I loved it so much and worked, you know, I've worked for lots of different magazines and publishing houses, but first editing gig was Shop to Drop. Um, Did that for five years, moved to Emily's job, um, editing (laughs) InStyle, been there four or five years, moved to News to launch Sunday Styles, there for a few years, and then now obviously editing Delicious. So I've moved around, but I still really love it, same as, you know, you guys do. Mm. And what drew you to magazines? Because obviously there is a little bit of the glitz and the glamour. If anyone could see you right now, you've got a beautiful blue dress, the heels, (laughs) the earrings. Was it the the glitz and the glamour of the magazine industry or...? You know, I think if it's just the glitz and glamour, you don't last. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, that's a, that's the fun and there's a, you get to do amazing things and go to amazing parties and travel and meet wonderful people. But, like, in the end, I really love the nuts and bolts of editing. I love – I still love doing a grid. I still love planning a layout. I still love planning issues or even, you know, now online and whatever you're going to film and whatever it's become now. But – I have always loved the nuts and bolts and I think, you know, you you have to to sort of survive. Um, You can't be in it for the glitz and glamour because those people... Would you guys agree? You don't yeah. really last if that's what, what, what it's all about. I would absolutely agree with that. I noticed that Lindsay hasn't commented on my outfit, which is just jeans <laughs> and boots. Nice. Which is very unfortunate for the fashion magazine editor in the room. But anyway. Um, no, I would I would definitely agree with, with Carrie on that point. I think, um, sure, like there's glitz and glamour, and but I always sort of say it's maybe 10% glitz and glamour and 90% hard graft. In the bunker. these days. <laughs> so, 90% um, in the bunker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's um it, we work we work super hard but i think um for me, having the opportunity to be paid to be a writer was such a joy. I just mm. couldn't believe it. It was something that I'd always loved to do and, and having that opportunity to make a paycheck from from writing was wonderful and it's really just gone from there. Mm. And Paul, less glitz and glamour maybe that well, might you, not have attracted you. you. <laughs> from this, what are you from saying? My outfit. Jeans and a white shirt, although we're pretty much in the same outfit. Well, you but, can tell uh, I didn't get into it for the, for the glitz and the glamour. I think uh, that uh, happens in uh, different magazines yeah. to, to the ones that I'm involved in. But uh, I still think the uh, it's a fun industry to be a part of. It, it gets a bad rap in some ways because it's mm. all about you know people thinking about declining circulations and stuff like that. But once you know working in a magazine, I agree. I think it's an, an amazing place to work. I think you get you know the, the content you get in magazines. You just don't get elsewhere. I don't think it can ever be replicated online. It's it's something about holding a magazine, the smell of the magazine, and and just the. the the intimacy you get with your your favorite publication and i think it's just a, an amazing industry and i've you know i've loved every second of it mm. a lot of love for magazines in this yeah. room that's for sure <laughs> <Good> <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think you know it's really important to add news and obviously we've got our shane magazine awards coming up on the 24th of november which recognizes excellence in magazine publishing and like you just said paul there is a lot of negativity around decline um and some of those negative stories that are pushed out in the media why do you think it's so important to celebrate magazines at the moment well i think there's lots of reasons i think print circulations are certainly down as they are in in newspapers but 
interaction with magazines I don't think has ever been higher. If you look mm. at the, the websites and the uh, newsletters and the podcasts and, and events, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a boom industry. I mean, there, there are fewer players than there were, fewer magazines, and to an extent it is survival of the fittest. But I think the readers love their magazines. They're very passionate. They're more passionate about magazines than they are about newspapers or their favourite TV shows. And I think it's that sort of interaction with the reader that, that drew me into it and has kept me interested where you, you write something and you get a reaction. And the, the magazine I work for now, Take 5, is is so interactive. We get something like nearly 40,000 people entering our puzzles every single week. And that's getting a stamp and putting it on an envelope and going to the post box and putting it in. It's not clicking a button online. And, and they think of the hundreds of letters we get from our readers and tips and photographs. And, you know, they to them, that Take 5 is an important part of their their life and I, I it's difficult to get that replicated elsewhere in the media I think magazines can do that in a way that other other forms of uh, media can't quite get there mm, so real loyalty um, and something often magazine um, bosses kind of share with me is the letters they get these these amazing handwritten letters from you know Susie who's 90 in the Northern Territory reading maybe in style every week do you have any of those anecdotes that you can share of those people that have that you know real loyalty look I can't think of anything specific off the top of my head but I do think I agree with Paul it's amazing that you know in this day of not many people putting pen to paper anymore somebody will do that to write into their favorite magazine and the same with phone calls we still get so many phone calls it's it's unbelievable it's a full-time job just just fielding all of the phone calls with people ringing in to say they liked something they didn't like something they want to see more of this or where can I buy that and it's that interaction which um, which I agree you don't really see so much in other forms of media. I think people are just as passionate about um, about print as as they always were. Um, I agree with with you, Lindsay, that there has been a lot written about um, you know the decline of magazines and that sort of thing. And certainly, like you know, we all work in the industry. We know that it's hard. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good news. What about stories the positive stories? I know. What I'm about, what about, about the, you know? <laughs> what about the increases? They're the hard things to get out. Interestingly, yeah. that that doesn't really fit with the narrative, does it? Even if you had a circ increase, it wasn't really ever printed. But um, but I also think inter- people can interact with you so many ways these days. Now that like, you might get handwritten letters, you might get phone calls, you get posts on Instagram, you get people sharing your video, you get uh, reams and reams of comments on Facebook about your content and you've just you're connecting with people in all these different ways um where still your magazine is the crux of the brand or the pinnacle of the brand but to be able to reach people in all these other ways i think it's magical too like and really i i sort of i sort of thrive on the idea that your content has now become parceled up in so many different interesting ways i think also um, there's the, the the problem magazines had and i think it was true of all traditional media is that a lot of young media buyers are sort of uh, impressed by digital. They want to impress their bosses that they're at the cutting edge, that they're the first ones on the podcast or they're the first ones vlogging or whatever it might be and trying to impress their clients, whereas magazines were seen as a little bit unsexy, a little bit sort of old hat. And that was a shame because I think it's it's not a fair representation. And I think there's a few um, media experts now, people like Mark Ritson, kicking back on that and saying, well, actually, magazine advertising is much better value than Facebook or Google because the intimacy you get, the quality of the uh, the, the delivery of your ad is, is so much better. And I part of my job is going out, talking to advertisers and showing them what we can do for them and showing the results they can get and the, 
you know the endorsement they can get with, by being part of uh, someone's favorite magazine and and i i think more money should be spent on advertising in print i'm slightly biased arguably but <laughs> it's it's something i've done if you find that too that the the yeah. people from an, an online agencies and they don't get that interaction they don't get the mm. the targeting and they don't get the quality of the of, of an advert in uh, in a magazine well i think i think to your point paul what we've noticed and i'm sure that you've probably both have noticed this as well is we did notice quite a big swing away from print advertising when digital sort of first came in and there was all of these different things you could do and um and that all felt very exciting but we're actually noticing a swing back to to print now we're having people come back to us and say sure maybe we were a bit premature maybe we went too hard one way and now we want a bit mm. more of a balance and we want to come back into the more the traditional print product but we also want to talk to you about your online properties, your social media, mm. and it feels like it's sort of evening out a little bit more it's now. It's also I about would say. like understanding the narrative on the different platforms. Like for for clients, like a beautiful pr- print ad, you know, can set a scene and 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 something important, a vibe for a client. Whereas they might be able to tell a story in a more practical way via a video on your Facebook stream or via um, you know an entry mechanism on a digital, you know, a, a display or wh- wherever they want to position what they're doing on digital, but they can really convey different things about their products um, across the different platforms. And so eliminating one thing from the equation, I don't think it's ever been the solution. I think you can tell different stories about a brand or a product or a client's product across your different platforms far more effectively than only having that one option. I know? think what probably happened is a few years ago, a uh, magazine, uh, um, ad- advertising departments got a little bit lazy or they relied too much on display and they were waiting for people to come to to them. Well, I think now we're much cleverer, much more clever at sort of finding ways to integrate native advertising or sponsorships and events so they get a better service than they did a few years ago when really we, magazines were doing so well, the crest of a wave that they just could wait for people to come to them. Mm. And that changed. Yeah. And, and I think magazines were a little bit slow in in realising that and, and thinking well, we need to step up our service and our delivery. And now I think if you come to any, any of our companies as an advertiser, there's just so many options. There's so many ways that we can integrate and we can make that product come alive in, in ways that we wouldn't have known or thought about 10 years ago. Yeah, mm. I, would, I would definitely agree with that. And I think that... Um, we talk more about partnerships now rather than advertising and advertisers. And, um, I mean, as much as we would all love somebody just come and say, I'm buying 10 pages, and that would be a relief. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I think it is about those partnerships and it's about working with people, building relationships, finding out um, what they want for their brand and how we can help them communicate that. As you say, carry mm. on all of those different channels. It might be something really fun on social media. It might be something more beautiful in print and it might be something really native and interactive online. And I think being able to play in all of those spaces is a real strength that magazine brands have now. Mm. Mm. And I think it's interesting. Um, obviously, magazines have had those negative headlines, but there's so many positive stories, to your point, mm. Kerry, um, about the innovation you guys are doing across social media, um, also in terms of podcasts and new events, which is why this year at the Australian Magazine Awards, we've introduced um, the category of Best Launch, uh, which you know recognises any new innov- innovations that, of course, you guys are doing kind of every week, every month, every day. Um, maybe you guys could talk me through some of the um, innovations you guys have introduced at your individual businesses and kind of, yeah, what you guys are doing. Um. 
Well, yeah, I can. Uh, probably the most surprising thing for me at Delicious has been we launched Studio Delicious earlier in the year. Um, it was in response to we knew we had to increase engagement with video, and we knew that there was a ready audience. A lot of people were craving, f- you know, food information via video. So we launched and built our own studio in our editorial team, and we started we started a program, a regular programming format, just to see what would happen and. We very quickly went. We had we went from something like four hundred and eighty thousand video views in total to to five million within a few months, and now we're averaging half a million video views per week. That's just my team generating video content, obviously that we think out and plan. But we've started monetizing it now as well. Certain segments um, across a different array of clients, from tourism to FMCG. But I think that for me is a really interesting, you know, another facet or asset to the brand that. I didn't probably think was going to be there 12 months ago, um, but the audience was is there, and the audience was hungry for it, and it delicious did was able to translate well in that in that category, um, and it also increased our engagement and our referrals, and so that our traffic's increased as a result. Um, so I think yeah, that would probably be my um, the key surprise for me in the mm. last six to 12 months. Mm. And what about you, Emily? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. The main thing that I suppose we've done in the last 12 months is we we redesigned the whole magazine 12 months ago, um, which was a little bit scary, um, but it it was time to, to do it and we've really taken InStyle in a quite a different direction to how it was before. We wanted it to feel very different to what was happening online and what was happening in social media. So rather than trying to compete in that space with lots of content, bitsy content, um, lots of images. We really took it back to being quite sophisticated and luxe with lots of white space, longer read stories. So things that people couldn't access online, I suppose. Um, because when we're asking somebody to buy a magazine right now, we're not asking them just to spend $10 or $5 or whatever it is. We're asking for their time as well. And as we know, time is the biggest luxury that we have. Um, so we're asking a lot of someone when they buy a magazine. So we really decided to to change the way we were doing things a little bit with the mag. And um, when you do a redesign, you always think, you know, this could be a bit scary with readership because that can it can throw it off for a few months. And we actually saw an increase in readership and um, we're still seeing increases in readership, which is really wonderful. So our readership is actually up year on year, which is exciting. And I think that speaks to the fact that, as we are saying, people are still really engaged in magazines and they're really engaged with, you know, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
fresh new ideas and new concepts. Just a little concept that we um, we started this year is um, an event called In Style Shops. So um, with one of our partners, Macquarie Centre, they came to us and said, we really want to encourage more people into our Australian fashion designer floor. And, you know, how can we do that? And, and we were wanting, obviously, new ways to speak to our readers um, face-to-face and we came up with the concept of in-style shops. We've just done our second one last week, which was hugely successful um, and it looks like it's going to become a really nice tempole event for our brand and I think that that has nothing to do with our printed product. It was it was an event, it was um, driven digitally and through social media and I think that's also really exciting that brand in-style can um, can put together something like that, which is outside the pages of a magazine. It, it's something different, but it really still is like sort of integral to our brand. Mm. Yeah, and um, Paul, obviously events are a huge space for publishers and everyone is kind of moving into that space. It's a great revenue stream. Are you doing anything across your portfolio in terms of events or any other kind of innovations, maybe podcasts? Well, Take 5 um, doesn't do events as such. We've, we have moved much more into the digital space for the mm. last 12 months. We've, our EDM, now 70,000 people uh, receive that. Uh, we're looking at podcasts soon and we we introduced online entry to our puzzles and within about two months we had 10,000 people a week entering our puzzles online which is you know pretty amazing figures um considering that our online presence wasn't huge at the time we revamped our website Bauer have got a website called now to love which is across several of the uh, of the of the magazines and that's going really really well getting brands together in in one place so there's a lot yeah there's a lot of movement going on it, it feels like um, the industry and, and Bow particularly have got lots of lots of things, lots of irons in the fire, lots of plans, and it's it's yeah. I think I know that will obviously have to continue as as we go forward. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because um, both Bauer and PacMags have new CEOs, um, obviously, uh, just this year, actually. Um, are you guys feeling a lot of change in your businesses at the moment? Um, Bauer probably not as much because your CEO is literally a couple months in, but maybe PacMags. Um, I know a lot of changes have gone on the last six months specifically. Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean... We sort of say that there's been more change in the last 18 months than in the last 18 years in the mm. industry and, and um, certainly within Pacific magazines as well. But I think change is, is always exciting and I think newness comes from change. I've um, I've worked with Zav, with Peter Zavik, um, since I was 22 years old or something. So um, obviously I was really sad to see him go and I think we all were and um, I certainly Melbourne's, Sydney's loss is Melbourne's gain and... Um, Zav really came from the commercial side of things and, and he was a really, really strong leader. Um, but then having um, Jared come on board uh, last year, um, it's that's actually been great for us as well because he's really come into the role with with passion and determination and drive and I think um, in this market that's, that's really exciting. It's really good to sort of have somebody really pushing us along. Um, and Jared's come more from the editorial side of things. So he was an editor. Um, he's been a magazine editor, so he kind of he gets what that's like as well and he understands the challenges that we have day-to-day as well. So, um, But because he was our commercial director before and working very closely with Zav, I suppose the transition was quite seamless. Mm. Um, but but certainly um, it's, it's, it's an exciting new period for Pacific magazines. Mm. And what about Bauer? Well, I think um, anyone who's met 
Paul Dykes will know yeah. that there's no one who's more excited about magazines. He's <laughs> he's been in magazines for uh, for longer than <laughs> any of us put together, probably. And uh, he's already made some changes. He's mm. uh, he, what I think is good is that he's got that passion for the for the industry, and he's he's very hands on. You see him walking the corridors. He's go- meeting people. He's he's very visible. And he's very um, open. He's someone who I think what you see is what you get. And he is, yeah, in the process of, of changing the company and gearing it up so that it's future-proofed mm. and uh, and in a really good state to go forward and be innovative. Mm. It's still early days, but uh, I think everyone in the company is pretty, pretty, you know, very thrilled about the way things are things are going at the moment. Mm. It's kind of exciting, isn't it, that both Paul, you chose to use the term passionate and so did I and you know two very you know big players in this industry have both got CEOs which are are really really passionate about magazines and I think that can only be a super positive thing for our industry as a whole. Yeah it's interesting the magazine industry definitely seems to have much more passion than other industries I speak to. Um, Obviously you're kind of led by Nicole Sheffield who I can't even remember her job titles these days it changes all the time. Chief Digital Officer. Oh God oh no you make me look bad. (laughs) CDO. Yeah we've had restructure I guess Um, although Nicole is still our manager um, her job's a lot bigger Mm. but but, um, yeah, I mean, she's a digital genius and um, I don't really know. Like, Nicole's that sort of person who sets these incredibly hard targets but and you think, how am I going to get there? But mm. we do. And she's, um, I don't even know how to describe her. She's a force of nature. But <laughs> she probably the main change for us is that um, all of the people at the top, the message from New York, from Robert Thompson, from Michael Miller, from Nicole and Damien Eels is one of collaboration, which is very different for us at News Corp. Um, to the, the, the sum of the parts, this it's such a very powerful company and to be able to um, have this real encouragement to be integrating and sharing content, to be the strength that we should be, that's the big change. That's very exciting, particularly for like a brand like Delicious, which now is part of the Sunday Telegraph, the Sunday Herald Sun, the Sunday Mail. You know, we put together the del- delicious 100 properties with all the Sunday mastheads or, you know, we rolled out with the Prestige Network, um, with the Australian and the magazines. We've got Food Corp in- coming up. There's this big sort of, I guess, strength in numbers of the collective powers of the different verticals. And um, I really like that message that's coming, you know, through and there's a lot of brainstorming and... Yeah, it's just very, it feels progressive, even though it's tough, and we all know it's tough, there's an honesty about that, but it's uh, some really good resolutions as to where we're going to be in three years, and mm. that, that feels, you feel like oh, there's some really amazing people at the top of the the business, and Robert Thompson and the Murdochs and so on, mm. um, they're, you know... Yeah, and, and it's obviously a strategy that's paying off for Delicious because you won Magazine Brand of the Year we last did. year. Which yeah, we is did. The, um, that was really exciting. Yeah, yeah the best, thrill. biggest award of um, yeah. the day, that's the really, Australian Magazine Awards. It was really, really, um, it felt really rewarding because we had worked so hard and built so many things over the last 18 months. Obviously, you know, the, it was because News Corp bought the brand outright from the ABC and after that happened... You know, the, I had an incredible product team behind me to build delicious.com.au. We launched Delicious on Sunday and Stella in the mastheads. We launched the videos. We launched the books and the Mooks division. And the brand just exploded. And um, it was really great to see that recognised um, and for the team and for the broader business as well in that um, obviously there was a three- and a five-year strategy for Delicious and to see 
to see it paying dividends has been exciting. And it's nice to be on a brand in growth where you're building things and it's like, okay, what's next and where can we go next? And to have that, the newspaper or the masthead network to, to be able to tap into and all the learnings from them is a very, you know, for me, I learn a lot and there's a lot of, you know, I, I feel like um, they're so big and enormous and, um, mm. you know, successful that it's a it's a whole other learning curve working with them as well as with magazine and the digital product teams as well. Mm. And I want to call food a niche area, but it's, it's not, not really. that niche. It's 8.1 See, million Australians. We all eat it <laughs> um, and we all enjoy it. But, you know, it, it is, you know, food has really gone through mm. a, a massive mm. um, resurgence and it, it's really going well. Obviously, News Corp launched Food Corp. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. And um, also Take 5 won our uh, general interest uh, magazine of the year last year. Do you think niche publishing is maybe the way to go? Like, it's obviously... Well, we've got 700,000 readers, so we're not niche as such. <laughs> oh, I think we're niche. We're kind of a big niche. Bigger than most niches. But, um, <laughs> An environment. No, I, well, I think what's, what's good about... The reason Take 5 works is because you can't really get the content online. We, celebrity content you can get online. You can get sort of specialist information online. But Take 5 is about people telling us their amazing real-life stories. So they write into us in their hundreds and thousands telling us the most intimate details of their lives. Sometimes they're telling us stuff they haven't even told their partners. And it's extraordinary to share those stories and to, to talk to these these women who are prepared to sort of share their their story with with their favorite magazine the whole magazine is written first person so it does really feel like a an interface between them and i think because you can't get that sort of real life online i mean you can get you know stories and true crime etc but not told first person by a, a normal australian woman sharing it with her with her friends and also puzzles with prizes again you can get lots of puzzles online and you can get prizes but most of them are spurious or not real or whatever whereas ours are you know something like sixty thousand dollars worth of prizes every single week so that i think is what why take five's niche is so big as mm. it were that um that you know you can't get that content elsewhere you know and that's really important to us and that's something that i think that contributed to our success in the last last few years to sort of maintain a really strong readership and really loyal readers who you know the price of a stamp these days is is has gone right up so mm. to still be entering the puzzles every single week using stamps and is is testament to the to the quality of the product and the fact that they just like telling each other about their amazing lives i mean it's some of it is just extraordinary mm. um and we actually have two award winners in the room. We have um, Editor of the Year, and then Kerry, you won it in 2015. Was I after you? Maybe I was after you, or was I for you? I think you were before, listen, listen no, I was to after, year. and then you were, yeah, 2015. So, Emily, so my oh, no big pressure, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just quietly stand in the corner over here. Yeah, you're get nominated this year. Um, but I guess, you know, the editor role has changed so much, and yeah, you have to totally. be so much more involved. How do you think? it's changed Kerry I mean it's just I don't it's not even comparable when I think about like I've been it's been nearly 15 years um I, it's not even comparable I can't you can't it's like apples and oranges like um it was a monthly magazine and now you're you're, you're, a you're not publisher. really a magazine editor you're a brand mm. editor-in-chief mm. you know like you you're thinking about all of the you know, you're, you're responsible for every page view. You're responsible for your social referrals. You're responsible, you know, for so many, um, so many facets. So I think, in a way, it gets harder and faster. But at the same time, if if you didn't have all these new challenges, like 
as you as you grow further into your job, like you'd probably be have been incredibly bored by now. So you keep learning and like you keep, you know, you're always learning and you never know what each day is going to bring. And I think um, for, for me, that's key to be able to keep learning. Yeah. Um, I think readers soon know when an editor's got jaded. Oh, yes, true. Very I think, true. You know, I I think I've got the best job in magazines because you know the stories that, I, that we tell, the the fun we have doing the, the ridiculous cover lines and the, <laughs> and the interaction <laughs> is just just second to none. I think it's a it's a magazine that's you know it's not a glamorous magazine, but it's got you know ninety four percent grocery buyers. It's got it's the heart of rural Australia and you know Western Sydney and rural Queensland and sort of just the the sort of real heart of the country. And I, I think that's that's fascinating. It's not, you know, Eastern Suburbs glam. Mm. I don't go to quite as many gl- glamorous parties as, as you two, <laughs> I'm sure. But, um, you know, but uh, it's it's still that sort of uh, connection, I guess, with the with the readers that you. it's difficult to, to sort of find else, elsewhere in many mm. places. Yeah. And even in your, uh, is it two years as editor? Yeah, it's coming yeah. up to two and a half years. I, I bet even in two years it's changed for you. It's changed immeasurably in mm. two and a half years. It's it's so different now to even back when I started, which really, let's be honest, isn't that long ago. Um, but I think, yeah, it's it's obviously a lot busier. I mean, I have a, a daily online meeting now. I certainly wasn't having that two and a half years ago. And um, my team is working across all of our channels, not just the print magazine anymore, but everybody's working across everything. And there's a true sense of collaboration. Um, there's more of everything, more content. Um, there's more events. There's more to do. Um, but I think... Um, no matter as, you know, we're probably more Eastern Suburbs glam than maybe <laughs> but I think no matter who your audience is um, and no matter who you're speaking to, being a magazine editor is, it's such a special job because... Mm, it's the best. It's, we get to have so much fun. Best job we, in the world. It's, it's really... It's, Most days. It's tough and it's lots of responsibility. <laughs> you get but, it when you're getting slammed. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but it's fun and, and as you say, every day is different and every day is certainly different now and we get to work with amazing teams and I think that's what people don't really realize about magazines is that you know if you want to make a lot of money you don't come and work in a magazine um mm. but we have these teams who like i have girls who have been working for InStyle since before you were the editor yeah. of InStyle and you know we're, we're talking sort of 15 17 years on a title and um you don't stay around just because it's the same and I think I think it's that sense of fun that really keeps us all going and um, yeah we have a lot of responsibility I always say that if this job doesn't work out for me I could go and work at the UN or something like that because I feel like I'm constantly <laughs> negotiating things <laughs> from here and there but um, at the end of the day we just we we have a great time and um, and I think that's that's really a gift mm, yeah what's your favorite thing about the industry Kerry Oh, that's such a hard... I know, it is hard, hard, isn't it? You know what I love is no day is ever the same and, like always, it's the unexpected. So you just could never possibly... I don't know if you guys agree, but you could never possibly get bored in this job. It's just never boring. It's just... um, It's almost like, you know... not a sitcom, but sort of the things that might happen in your average day can range from the sublime to the absurd. It's a bit like a sitcom sometimes. Sometimes I say we should be writing this stuff down, (laughs) the conversations that we have. And you still, you have to work really hard because if you don't put in the effort, like you're saying, readers can tell if you're in a rut, you know, it becomes very apparent. So it's not like it's, you're mucking around, but it's hard work, but it's absolutely never boring. And for me, I just, I, I don't like being bored. And, you know, obviously that's why I'm attracted to this job. Mm. What about you, Paul? Because we know you said it's not the parties, so it must be something else. <laughs> it's not the parties. Um, 
Yeah, I, I suppose we're lucky that we're working on magazines that are that we that we like reading anyway. I mean, I, I suppose if I was editing Chartered Accountant weekly, it might be uh, <laughs> trickier to sort of retain that enthusiasm for a seventeen-year period. But um, I just I just think. Um, it's just a good industry to be in. I mean, take five readers are so incredible. Some of their stories talking about, you know, their husband coming back to life as a fly or marrying a cow or <laughs> falling in love with a wall or just, or, you know, just telling us their most, you know, intimate stories. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's yeah, no two, no two stories are ever the same. You know, it's, it's a, a real challenge every week to decide which stories that we have to sort of, you know, not put in the magazine because there's just so many demanding space and sort of finding that space is a, is a challenge when the writers are coming up saying we've got to put this in it's such an amazing account and uh, I think that's that's I guess lucky that I've got a great team who are firing all cylinders to sort of make that happen on a weekly basis because a weekly magazine is like a treadmill you've got deadlines every day you've got 20 30 pages have to go every single day and if they don't then you've got more the next day so you've got to be organized keep on track and uh, and keep it fresh mm. Well, that seems like a nice positive note to finish up on. The Australian Magazine Awards are open for entries until the 26th of September. They are hosted this year at Avola at Woolloomooloo. Get your entries in now. You've been listening to the Ad News Podcast, recorded at Nova and sponsored by The Trade Desk. See you next time.